Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Inside the Cage. I am your host, Terrell Campbell. And I am your man, Jerome Spann. And this is your home for MMA and pro wrestling analysis and maybe a little bit of information. And we also do a little bit of entertainment, too, at least until September, when it's time for the great American pastime that is known as football. That is right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I like to go ahead dig into it. I know it's been a while since we dropped an episode. Hey, life happens. Guess what? Deal with it. So with that being said, one of the first topics that we want to cover today is John Jones is out, but Derek Lewis is in. That's right. The UFC president Dana White has said that he's just going to go ahead and make the fight between Francis Ngannou and Derek Lewis instead of waiting for John Jones to be ready. Jerome, is this something that we should be shocked by? I mean, no, if you know who Dana White is, right? If you know how he operates, this isn't anything that surprises me. But <coughs> if you're going to be fair about this, right, you have to view things from the fighter's point of view on this, which is that the UFC has done a couple of things to kneecap how much fighters are making. First off, they've always been bad about the amount that they pay fighters. Generally, every fighter is underpaid, even the main event guys. I mean, yes, you have the rare exceptions to the rule, like Conor McGregor, but for the most part, nobody's really making money as a UFC fighter like that, right? (coughs) I'm sorry about that. So you combine that with their apparel deals. God, I I don't know why I struggle with that word. Their apparel deals have completely kneecapped fighters' abilities to then go and get sponsors and have those sponsors on their shorts or on their body, you know, walking down to the ring because the UFC says, no, we're the only ones that are getting this money. So you combine those two things together and you say, nah, this isn't really surprising when it comes down to it because the title, what they weren't going to do, they weren't going to wait on John Jones forever, right? They weren't going to do that, plain out and simple, because <coughs> they want to build up Francis Nagano as, like, their next big thing, okay? They need a, a fighter at the heavier weights right now that can be a big star, and he's their guy. So with that in mind, they're moving forward, and they're saying we're going to build it. Oh, my goodness, I'm dying. This started this episode. Oh, oh my goodness. <coughs> I'm sorry. Uh, while, while Jerome gets a lot of <laughs> <laughs> no, gonna, no, I'm, I I'm, I'm, I'm dying. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the statement here. I say, and I, I agree with you. Like, say, UFC fighters aren't paid nearly as well as their counterparts in boxing. And and the thing is, too, is, Jerome, you know me. Like you say, I appreciate a good fight, a good fighter, but it's a shame when I can name probably five boxers, mm-hmm. but I can list off at least about 40 UFC fighters. Like, when I look at a boxing card, I look at the main event Mm -hmm. as the drawing drawing thing for me to watch. When I look at a UFC card, I look at the whole card for me to see if I want to watch that fight. Like, I've (laughs) I've, I've adopted a new motto 
because it's okay. Are there three fights on the card that I want to see? Mm-hmm. If they yes, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna go get my spot over at one of my favorite places to watch the fights. Sit, invite some friends. Sit down, watch the fight. But if there's not, then it's a toss in the air for me. And mind you, that's not a knock on UFC fighters. That is basically me saying maybe once every three years I see a boxing fight that's a headlining fight that I want to see. I think it's maybe twice in a year that I look at a UFC card and say, "Uh, I can pass on that one. Because remember, for a period of time, I was basically the UFC I would say uh, well, for lack of better words, consigliere to a business when they were deciding which UFC fights they wanted to put on, which ones they wanted to air, which would drive drive in business. And you know what the thing is? There were fights that I wanted to see as an actual MMA fan that I told them, don't put it on. You're not going to make any money because the guys were not name value. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that they weren't quality fighters. That just means that their names to a casual fan means nothing. A guy like they, guys like John Jones, Conor McGregor, now Jorge Masvidal, the Diaz brothers, those were name value. Adesanya has entered into that realm as well. But when you look at it, Francis Ngannou, the man has been knocking people out. That man's name is growing day by day. If him and Derek Lewis go in there and they have a fight similar to their first one, then guess what? That's going to take a lot of shine off Ngannou. But if they go in there and they have a war, that's going to put a lot of shine on Ngannou and on Lewis. Now, if Lewis goes in there and gets knocked out in the first round, then that's just going to be more shine for Ngannou. As the <laughs> heavy- and, and the same thing if you flip the script for Lewis, because Lewis is probably one of the best post-fight interviews ever. I'm sorry. Hey, hey, his interview with Joe Rogan, where Joe Rogan asked, why'd you take your short off? My balls was hot. Tommy, come on. <laughs> you can't beat that. You cannot beat that. That is a sound bite for the ages. He has he has that Derek Lewis has that quiet charisma that like so many fighters lack. And when you put him in there with a Francis Ngannou, who Ngannou, his nickname, the Predator, is accurate because that man comes in there and he's not aiming to beat you on points. He's not. No, that man's there for your head. Okay, if they if they were to ever recast, do another Predator movie, please, for the love of God, Hollywood, cast Francis Ngannou. He'd be a better Predator than anybody. You don't even got to put the put the weird predator face on him, just let him walk around, be like a humanoid predator, and just boom. All you got to do is uppercut people. Don't believe me? Ask Alistair Overeem how bad that uppercut is. You know? But, like Jerome said previously, we can't wait for John Jones. Because if you're waiting for John Jones, you're going to take that that division hostage. And a guy like Derek Lewis has earned his right for another title shot. Yes, he's had one before. Didn't pan out for him. But this time he's fighting a guy who is literally a perfect matchup for him because they're both heavy-handed strikers. But I don't know if he's going to do as well against Francis this time because 
Francis has become a more methodical fighter as we saw in the last Stipe fight. Like, and, and a methodical man like Francis Ngannou, who you know can make you go night-night at any moment. I mean, come on now. Somebody call Freddy Krueger because that's a new nightmare in my dreams. <laughs> I, I guess my biggest thing with this fight is that I don't think it, on its face, it looks like it's going to be an exciting fight, right? Because these are two guys that generally go in there and try and knock, knock the other guy's head off, right? But I just don't see this fight going that way. I think Derek Lewis showed me one thing in his past few fights, which is that when it comes to him trying to get his money and, and, a, and it comes to a situation to where he needs to make sure that he's secure in the bag, he does what he has to do to secure the bag. And I'm not mad at him for that. I know some other people might find it off-putting, right? Because they want him to go in there and just be this warrior, the guy that he he he's always just throwing big blows. Well, Derek Lewis is also a smart man. He understands the fight game. He's not stupid. He's just not in there doing all the hardcore training. So I don't think this fight's going to go the way people think. I think it's going to get probably drawn out. If not four rounds, it'll end up going the whole five. I don't see a finish happening in this fight because unless Francis is willing to really, really be the aggressor, I just don't see it. Derek Lewis is going to fight to win the championship because at the end of the day, when you're the champion, they got to pay you more money. Very true. Very true. But we'll see what we'll see what happens when that fight comes up, there's no announcement for that fight date yet, but we know that it's going to be coming up here. Like say, maybe August, maybe a little bit later. We'll see what happens. But in the meantime, Jerome, I got it. What in the blue hell is Tyron Woodley smoking? Why is he going to fight Jake Paul in a boxing match? Can you explain this to me? Please, um, for the love of God, can someone explain this to me? Because here's the thing. I have shit on Tyron Woodley for years. I am the first one to admit it, but the guy, no matter what, he is a world-class fighter. He's stepping into the ring with a YouTube sensation. And I hate saying sensation, because, but there's no other way of describing it. I... I don't get it. Well, haven't you heard the rumors? Everybody says Tyron's broke. I've heard that he's broke, but my so thing is... Now. Come on, T. We understand this this fight game a lot better than most people. So let's be honest. He's broke. Why is he taking this fight to get that bag? He needs money. And he's... Look, where is he... Where else is he going to get a big paycheck now? Can you... can? Who would pay him any money for for a big fight right now outside of this Paul fight? Tell me, can you can you think of any fight? And don't you tell me you and him. I don't even want to hear it. Like I said, can you name me any fight? He has no fights left, so he's got to get the bag somehow. And especially if the rumors are true, I just want to say, I just want to maintain. 
that the, that it is just strictly rumors. It has not been confirmed or denied by Tyron or anybody in his camp, right? But if the rumors are true, he got to get that bag, T. He's got to get the bag. At the end of the day, all these guys are out here trying to get the bag while they're fighting. You know, yeah, you want to be the champion, you want to win, you want to do all that, but everybody's got to get the bag. Everybody's got bills, got a family to support and everything. So at the end of the day, do I think it's a stupid decision on his part? 100%. But do I understand it? Yep. Here's, and and this is, and you know what, this is something that, I haven't done too much on the podcast, and I try not to, except for in the wrestling realm. But this is one of the few times I'm going to do it while we're talking about MMA and combat sports. Anybody that's out there that listens to this podcast, if you're going to pay to watch Jake Paul or Logan Paul fight, please, for the love of God, Get yourself checked into a mental institution because in all honesty, like, because here, here's the thing at the time of this recording, Logan Paul is going to be fighting Floyd Mayweather on Sunday, June 6th. Mm-hmm. Anybody who thinks that they're going to see a classic boxing match is sadly mistaken. This is an exhibition fight. Okay? This is an exhibition fight. So when all of y'all spend your $100 to watch that dumb fight, don't go crying to the internet saying, oh, I can't believe this fight was like this. I can't believe this fight. You should have known what you were getting when you were getting it. Because Floyd Mayweather, his nickname's Money for a reason. Logan Paul is a YouTuber who, for the love of God, I don't know why he's even famous on YouTube. Uh, if I remember correctly, him and his brother were the ones that were like that were the ones that were like streaming the dead body in the forest or whatever. That was yep, that, that was them. That was them. But that was after they had already been famous. That's after they already achieved their fame. I don't know. To me, he's just another asshole that, that people hype up and support. I, you know, I don't think he's anything special. If you want me to be the, frank about it, Jake and Logan Paul are the epitome of what me and Jerome call broski love bros. That's what they are. Oh man, yeah. They're, they're, they're all the broski love guys. 100% and, and sorry, we're going to have to go explicit on this, but ladies, if, if we have any ladies listening, and I know we do, we do have female fans. I checked the analytics. I appreciate all of y'all, all of y'all ladies. Y'all are, hey, I, I'm going to say this for all the ladies that listen. We appreciate you guys a lot. We know that you guys are some of our most faithful supporters. We appreciate it. We, we It's to me, like, I feel great because I, for, I know me and Terrell have both tried to make this show very inclusive. So, ladies, we appreciate your love. We do see it there. Just know, we, we know it every time we do this show and we try and hold it down for you guys, too. 
Very true. But to what I was saying, ladies, the Paul brothers are the epitome of fuck boys. <laughs> that is the truth. And I am done. And that is all the air I will ever give to the Pauls. So from this point forward, we will not not mention the Paul brothers unless, of course, one of them gets knocked out horribly. Then we're just going to have a field day. But in the meantime, we're going to go ahead. We're going to coast on over to our entertainment portion of the show. And Jerome, you're a Star Wars fan just like I am. Have you checked out? The Bad Batch. I mean, are you really asking me that question, or are you just trying to be excited for the for the show's purposes? Because I think you know me, like dog. <laughs> I literally have watched all of the animated Star Wars stuff. So yes, I have watched the Bad Batch, and it has been everything that I've hoped it would be. Um, I can't say I'm disappointed at all. I was. I, like anybody else who's a fan of the Clone Wars show that they did, you kind of were like, all right, well, how are they going to do this one exactly? Right? What are they going to do to make this not feel like every, like Clone Wars 2.0, basically, right? right? And they've done a very good job with their storytelling. I, I like the fact that they're um, trying to develop each character and they're not leaving anybody out of their development process right it seems like everybody's developing as they're going even the villain per se you know you know who i'm talking about the villain person i don't want to ruin it for anyone who hasn't watched it yet but um you know the villain he's even developing to a point to where it's like okay you guys understand that there has to be a consistent character development now i shouldn't be surprised though because to my understanding, not only are these some of the minds behind Clone Wars, but these are some of the minds behind, um, goodness gracious, what was the show with Kanan Jarrus and, and Ezra? Uh, Rebels? Yes, Star Wars Rebels. So it's a lot of the same people who did that. And if you watch Star Wars Rebels, that was an awesome show. Um, Ezra and Kanan Jarrus became two of my favorite Star Wars characters of all time just from watching that show alone. So for me... I'm very happy with where, what the Bad Batch has presented to us, and I'm excited to see. You know they've got a big reveal waiting in this season, right? So I'm waiting to see what is it going to be. I say because I've, I've watched it, and, and here's here's the best part about the the show. It takes place after the events of Revenge of the Sith. Yep. So 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 it's not like we're getting the getting them, you know, like, say, it's not like they're they're doing the Bad Batch during the whole Clone Wars. No, it's taking place after Revenge of the Sith. And we're, we're seeing, like, the, how the Empire is affecting everything. We're not seeing, seeing, oh, the Republic, blah, blah, blah. No, no, this is the Empire in charge, Stormtroopers. It's, it's one of the shows that literally, because, mind you, it came out on May 4th, May the 4th be with you. Yes, sir. But my, you know, and like I said, that was my, my that was my nephew's birthday, and I wish him a happy birthday. My dad calls him Obi Wan because you know, <laughs> um, which which surprisingly enough, my dad has checked out the Bad Batch, and he literally asked me just like, "I'm missing something, aren't I?" I'm just like, "Did you watch Clone Wars?" Yeah, 
okay, there's some allusions to Clone Wars, but it stand, but after a couple episodes, it starts standing on its own. Like they they do make they do make allusions to Clone Wars and to Rebels, mm-hmm. you know. But but like say but like say they don't do it enough to where they lean on it. They do it to the point where it's like, oh, that's a nice. Okay, okay, I see what you're doing there, you know, mm-hmm. type of deal. And like and, and one thing here's we're not gonna tell you everything that happens in the show like the Bad Batch, but we will tell you that it's worth the shot. It's worth giving it giving it a try. You know, like I say, especially if you're a fan of, of Clone Wars and a fan of Rebels. Like Jerome knows me best. He's known me for a long time. We've been friends for going on twenty one years in August. We're um, old people. Yes, we're old. <laughs> yeah, so so I'm expecting I'm expecting a nice anniversary gift, but when it comes to it, I'm I'm the weirdest person about animation, and Jerome will tell everybody that. Mm-hmm. And it took it took me a minute to get into Clone Wars, but then I found out there were stories that they were doing that I really wanted to see. Mm-hmm. And after I got past the animation, I was very I was okay with it. I'm that's why like I can watch the Bad Batch and Rebels and stuff like that because. I know that they've got great stories to tell. And and but you know somebody who can't get past the animation? Who? My dad. Uh, he'll get over it. He'll get over it. For a man who collects comic books who has watched art styles change over and over, he'll get over it. I think he would have been okay if it was a traditional like 2D effort, but I think the 3D is what's messing with him. Once, once he watches it enough, he'll be fine. He just has to get hooked in on the story. That's all that it is. He has to get hooked in with one of their stories, and it, I know who's going to hook your dad in. It's going to be Ahsoka. Has he in Clone War? Has he started watching Clone Wars yet? No. Okay. Yeah. Tell him to watch it, and, and once he actually gets to where they start like developing Ahsoka, oh yeah, he's going to love it. Because he's going to like Ahsoka. She's badass. One of my favorite characters in the whole universe. But speaking on shows, I have to ask, Ra, have you watched The Mighty Ducks? Mighty Ducks Game Changers? Of yeah. course. <laughs> so <laughs> how did. did you feel? Did you watch the entire, hey, have you watched the whole season? Of course. So how did you enjoy the season? Did, did you enjoy it or did you think that they missed the mark? I hope they do a season two. Hmm. So I gotta ask, who's your favorite character? If if, if I have to be honest, I'm kind of really digging the the goalie, the goalie. Oh, you like the goalie? Okay, okay. That's that's that's, that 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 was my like say because like like he just seems like the most unassuming person, and then you just (laughs) see him just go go ham. As Goldie, like once he once it processes, you see him go ham, and it's like, okay, I like this guy. Like I say, and it took me a while to figure out which characters I like because I would initially go with like uh, what was the name, uh, Nick, the mm. you know the kind of yeah, I, <laughs> Nick I, is the man, bro. <laughs> but but the thing is, I realize I realize they perfectly. I don't want to give away anything for anybody that hasn't listened to it, but. But I'll, I'll do a comparison. Nick is this mighty is is the game changers version of Averman. That's what he yes. is. He's Averman. Yes, yes. Like I 
like it took me a minute to actually like register. I'm just like, like, okay, there's something about this character I like. I just don't remember. I'm like, like he's always talking. I'm just like, why does that? And then, boom, one episode hit. I'm like, that's why he's able. So I do have to. Um, I I I have to say one thing that has a little bit of a spoiler to it. There's a I'm not gonna name the person, but there's a person from the original cast that didn't show up in this season, and I was not too happy. And you know who I'm talking about, Terrell. And for that, sir, I boo him very, very much. Boo. Boo and boo again. Uh, you're talking about Mr. Conway. See, si, correcto. I did not like that he did not show up. That was not cool. He should have been, I don't care what they were talking about with him. He should have shown up in season one. The story started with Charlie. He should have been in there, plain and simple. I don't care what anyone says. I mean, I can't argue with you on that. Like I say, I was hoping that he would. But hey, guess what? We got we got Fulton. That was enough for me. Just seeing one of my favorites, Fulton Reed. Let's say that was that was enough. I mean, I mean, like I say, in all honesty, like I say, not many people from the Mighty Ducks are doing a lot nowadays. Like the one like if you look, and I'm not saying like from the original cast, you know, like I say, but I'm talking about from any of the movies like D2 and D3, let's say they got Kenny to pop up. Obviously, they had Averman. Oh, look, I oh. was very, very happy with all the um, with all the cameos no. that they had. Like, but, I, I, I loved but them. Do you, but do you know who I would have loved to have seen just pop up, though? Who? I'd love to have seen Keenan Thompson pop up, too. From my understanding, he's already, they already have plans for him and charlie in season two but i boo charlie because charlie time out bro they i know they had to have offered you the chance to be in this first and you turned it down so fuck that that is nonsense you should not have turned that down if you did i may be wrong and in the the future if the facts come out and i am wrong i will admit that i'm wrong but until then boo for charlie Boo. Well, since you're booing Charlie, I think this is a perfect time to get away from the entertainment and just talk a little bit about calling some shenanigans on some people. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've all been waiting for spans shenanigans. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the mind of a madman. I appreciate you all coming back as I do each and every time we are here. This week we've got some fun stories, some some serious ones, and you know, maybe, just maybe, there might be a Skynet story of the week. I don't know. There might be. Who knows? We'll, we'll only see once we get there. But first things first here, I want to just start and... Uh, I hate having a start here with this, but again, we live in America, so I got to start with this. The Republican Party decided to vote entirely against having a
Excuse us, some, ladies and gentlemen. We're having some technical difficulties on Jerome's end. Uh, uh, Jerome, we got you back. We yeah, got, did uh, I go sorry. out? Yep, yes, you did. But go ahead, continue on. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. So the Republicans decided that they were not going to have a uh, vote for a commission on what happened on January 6th. So again, I have to just call them all a bunch of effing clowns. I'm trying to. You see, I, I try. I try to catch myself before I go too crazy. But they're just another prime uh, just another prime example of showing you again of the type of clown show that will go on with the Republican Party and how they are actively working to prevent our democracy from getting better. I, I only bring this up to you again, people, just to say it again and again. I know people are always wanting to say that the two parties are the same. Da 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 da. Look, man, there are active examples right now living, playing out in front of your face that show you that that is not the, that not the case at all. So I ask again, friends, make sure you stay your asses in those voting booths and get these clowns out of here so we can start progressing this country to the country that we actually want it to be and stop talking about how we want it to be this and actually get it there. But is anybody surprised by this? No, but the Republican Party wins the clown of the week. I, I was going to give it to some specific people, but we've already nominated those people previously for their specific actions. But this being just a party-wide thing, yeah, they're all they're all a bunch of clowns to me. What? Moving forward, though. We have got, oh, excuse me, ooh, ooh, excuse me, I was about to burp there. We have got all the clown show. You can still hear me, right? I just want to make sure. It's okay. Okay, it's okay. cool. So this, over the past uh, couple of weeks while, you know, we've been off here at, at everybody at Inside the Cage, we've taken a little bit of a summer break here due to some things going on in everybody's life, including mine. By the way, people got a new car. Congrats to me and, you know, me and the future wife here. Congrats on that. But um, <laughs> with your mom mobile, anyways. Huh? With your mom mobile. Mom mobile? Hey, listen, dog. You can call it a mom mobile all you want. My car looks fresh. Kiss my ass. Our car, excuse me. I got to say it properly. Our it looks car. Like Looks like a car a soccer mom would drive to soccer practice with some with some fruit slices. Whatever, nigga. Don't act like you ain't had some soccer mom's car. So be quiet. I won't hear your nonsense. <laughs> what if you ever have a soccer mom car? Uh, listen, listen. Don't don't you have don't. Seen every, you have seen every car I've ever owned. And don't act like one of your don't act like your cars couldn't be a mom car, dog. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. You don't have no problem getting a ride in the mom car. Hey, hey, look, look, hey, wait, time out. You ain't hear me knocking it. I'm just simply saying to you, baby, the truth is the truth now. <laughs> okay? Don't get mad at the messenger. But, um, goodness gracious, I was completely lost track of my thought here. But um, over these past few weeks, <clears throat> during the NBA playoffs, we have had quite a few outrageous actions from fans from spitting to throwing things at people. Um, and of course the old, you know, saying quite a lot of racist things to people as they're in the crowd. 
I just want to say, listen, man, people got really pissed off when Malice at the Palace happened, right? I know there was a lot of people that were so up in arms, right? They were so <laughs> angry because, oh, my goodness, how dare these how dare these athletes go into the crowd like that? How dare they do that, right? You know, and there was quite a few. And then there was a lot of people like myself and Terrell that were like, hey, those people got what they deserved. You want to act the asshole and throw something at somebody, you're going to get punched in the face. That's just general the general rules of life, right? I just still I still love Jermaine O'Neal just coming through, sliding, just taking that dude. That's just the funniest hey, thing. It, it, listen, my favorite is still when Steven Jackson went up in there and just started clearing dudes out, too. That, that shit was hilarious. But <laughs> to the point, I just want to say, man, there's going to end up being another malice at the palace, right? It's going to happen. And why do I say this? Just because people, these fans don't know how to act, right? Like these fans go in here and they act very, very entitled and think that they should be able to act however they want to, right? They, they really, really feel this way. I'm here to tell you, people, that is not the case. And look, when it happens again and an athlete beats the hell out of a fan, I'm just here to tell you now, I'm saying it ahead of time, the fan had it coming. I'm not going to be a guy that's killing the athlete. Because look, I've been in an arena. I've sat pretty damn close to the floor. I have heard some of the things that have been said, and they are not very kind at all. And I can only imagine in places like um, the places that aren't so against the racial languages being out there in public, you know, I'm sure it's very awful in those places. So I just want to say now, look, when one of these fans ends up getting it, I'm telling you now, they deserved what they had coming plain, out, and simple. Would you disagree? Every action deserves a reaction, and if the, and if we get to see another person slide and deck a fan, I'm all for it, bro. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm with you 100% on this, because here's the thing that fans need to realize. They are fans. They are paying to watch these athletes, okay? It doesn't, like... Think about it. the NBA normally plays like 82 games, 82 games a season. Okay. In the mm -hmm. regular season. So you got to think what 41 of those games are home games. 41 of those games are away games. Yep. Fan, now, now we have seen, seen it where if a team, if your team is playing a horrible team, maybe the turnout isn't so great. Okay. If you got a great team and you're playing like a bottom of the barrel team, Turnout may not be so great, but when you got, but let's say that you got the Lakers versus Golden State. Oh, you're going to have a turnout because people want to see Steph. They want to see Clay. They want to see Draymond. They want to see LeBron. Uh, you know, they want to see AD, even though AD has been hurt. But I'm just saying, like, regular season wise, mm -hmm. you're paying to watch these players. Okay. So you're going to go to, so you're paying to watch your team 
against this other team. Guess what? If you really have such vitriol towards another team, don't go to the game. Because this is what people are talking about with the entitlement of the general populace of America, that Americans feel entitled to certain things. We have international fans and we have national fans. And a lot of our fans may disagree with me. And that's perfectly up to them because guess what? We live in a country well, we we do our show from a country that allows us to voice our differences. But I tell every person I meet, I believe every American should spend one year outside of the country and see how different it is. See how life can really be. Because you go to a place like Europe, it's not all hustle and bustle. People are enjoying themselves. In America, it's always about getting there fast, getting there fast, getting this quick, getting that quick. We want this, this, this. You want everything to be at a cadence that you love, that at a cadence that's expedient. Other places in the world, they do things at their cadence. You know, you want to go out, have a nice meal in Paris. Guess what? You're going to wait a little bit. And, but you're going to get great food and great service. You're just so used to the hustle and bustle of America that you're not used to that. So please, for the love of God, I tell everybody, don't feel so entitled. And plus, if you do feel entitled, don't be surprised when it, when all of a sudden you get get Jermaine O'Neal sliding into you with a big punch and you knock the hell out. Look, I'm going to just say this. If you do feel entitled, take that entitlement, shine it up, turn it sideways, and stick it straight up your candy ass. That's all I can say. Moving forward, though, this one is, I'm sure, a story that's going to get Terrell's gears going a little bit here because it's for something that's close and, and you know, somewhat near and dear to his heart. Terrell, over, over the couple of weeks that we were off, Tony La Russa really became under fire for his actions. And for those that don't know, what ended up happening is, is that one of the young stars for the White Sox ended up hitting a home run when the team was already up big and it was like a 3-0 count and the guy tried to groove in a fastball and it got crushed and taken into the seats, right? Tony La Russa, instead of saying that, you know, that's the right thing to do, you got to play competitive all the time, he went against his own team and said that it was ba- – basically he called his own player's behavior classless, which to me, when you're playing professionals, I'm sorry, I don't believe in this slaughter rule shit. I don't believe in this, oh, there's these unwritten rules. It's like, listen, if you don't want the other team to score when you're playing professionals, stop them from scoring. I'm sorry, I'm not here for your pity parties and all these old nonsensical rules. I'm here to be entertained because this is all entertainment, period. So Tony La Russa, for even after your guy got thrown at the next day, the very next day, and then you still still stood behind your statements and as a matter of fact, doubled down on it to the fact that you had people calling for your head and you have your own team clearly not respecting you. Tony La Russa, you should be thankful for what the Republicans did because my man, before that vote happened this week, 
you were the clown of the week. And mind you, mind you, Jerome is a Cubs fan. Okay? Yep. For a Cubs fan to get this round up about something White Sox related, that tells you how crappy it was. Because Jerome's absolutely right. Like, a coach should never outright say something like that to about about a player. Ever. Because if you do, then you're going to lose respect in your locker room. That's just the truth. Look, I, I just want to point out, Tony La Russa, when, when you got hired, a lot of people were panning the hire because they were saying you were out of touch with society. Shows me more and more you're out of touch with things, Tony La Russa. So, as I said, Tony, you're lucky, my man. You're lucky. But moving forward here, now I I try and keep some uh, positive stories out there, you know, each and every week. But there is something that I do need to bring up because I, obviously it's, it's it's some real stuff. And look, I I'm, the 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 conflict between Israel and Palestine is way too complex for me to go into the the intricacies of that entire thing and why I may feel one way or another. Plain out and simple, all I'm going to say is killing innocent people is never right. Never, ever, 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 ever right. So all that murder of innocence that shit needs to stop. Plain out and simple. There are being there are things that are known to be war crimes that are being committed. And we're kind of just sitting here letting it happen as as America. Yes, we got our own shit that we gotta clean up right now for sure. But I just wanna say we need to start respecting and loving each other more and stop trying to find reasons to say that it's okay to subjugate this person or that person. I'm not going to get into the whole philosophical discussion about Israel and Palestine. It's way too complicated. It would take me too long. We'd be sitting here for hours, right? Just want to say the killing of innocents, plain out and simple, needs to stop because it's disgusting. And anybody that has an issue with what I'm saying, just understand something. Yes, there are some countries in the Middle East that are responsible for giving the group known as Hezbollah weapons. But we're the big part of being responsible for giving Israel weapons. So take it how you want to, people. You know, it is what it is. But let's just come on, man. Killing of innocence, that's never a way to get anything done. And we and, and we as Americans should never be willing to accept that any of our quote unquote allies are willing to even do something like that to in the name of protecting their sovereignty. Because I want to tell you guys, I, I just want to remind everybody that the Nazis said the same thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I tried to make it not so heavy throw, but I had to talk on that one. I had to say something because that the shit that's going on over there has really bothered me. Plain out and simple. 
hey, this is your forum to go ahead and express that stuff. Um, but I know, but I just I try not to make it get too heavy, and and that's some real heavy shit right there. So I just, I'm sorry, people. I know I try and make it a, a lighter normal, but on a lighter note, for those that didn't know, in case you're still in an area when you do end up hearing this on um, June 4th, which I believe is today, right? Yeah, June 4th is National Dunkin' Donut Day, and Dunkin' is giving out a free donut with. Um, with I believe he's, I think you just got to buy like a beverage or something. I'm only bringing this up because it made me very happy today when I went and got a donut. I got a free donut with my beverage, so it was awesome. Share that happiness with everybody. But um, moving forward here, all right. So looks like we're having a little bit more technical difficulties with Jerome. Goodness, but, I, I don't okay. know why it dropped out on me there. I don't know, but. <laughs> I think it's because I, I I think it's because I didn't switch back to the screen. That's why. But um, moving on though, this week uh, over the weeks that we were off, did you happen to see Terrell? What happened with Julio Jones? No. So <laughs> Shannon Sharp called Julio Jones on on the set of uh, of the what, what's the name of him and Skip show? Undisputed. Undisputed. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. So he called uh, Julio live on the set of Undisputed and Julio acknowledged at that time live on the air that he is done with the Falcons and he is out of there. I'm only bringing this up just simply to say I know a lot of people were killing Shannon Sharp for it. If if there's an issue that Julio Jones had, I'll let him address that with the man. I just want to say that Shannon Sharp, I just didn't like what you did because even if you if you have a personal relationship with Julio, right? If you didn't let him know ahead of time that um, you were going to be calling him live, like you know, if you didn't end up um, texting him or something and letting him know, like, hey, I'm going to call you live on the air, that's not cool what you did. But if you did give him a heads up, yo, that was one of the greatest moments in sports television history. A dude literally was like, nah, bro, I'm out of here. <laughs> when do you ever see that, T? When? Can't say that I ever have. Like, like, <laughs> like over the phone like that, that would just be something that I would personally be like, dang. There's no other expression for it. Like I said, it's like, man, that's the craziest thing I've seen. So I just want to say Julio Jones, that was uh, pretty, pretty, pretty awesome. But moving forward here and um, closing out with my last story of the week, and it is a Skynet story of the week, but this one is a little bit different. It's not so straightforward as all the other Skynet stories, right? So over this past uh, couple of weeks as we were off, did you happen to see the deal that uh, Amazon is making, Terrell, with their big purchase? Did you see? So Amazon is going to be purchasing the Warner Media Group. Now, for those that don't know, that is a very large producer of a lot of entertainment content out there. Um, For the most part, they are the ones who pretty much have control of the dc movie rights um and they they also have a lot of other properties um but essentially 
Amazon is trying to, what's the best way to say this? They're trying to get themselves more on the level with Netflix and Disney Plus and HBO Go. And the reason why I say this to people is because you have to understand this about the 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 five, the, let's just say the five big streamers, right? We got Hulu, HBO, um, Max, HBO Max, excuse me, Netflix, Amazon, and and goodness gracious, how did I just miss one? How did I say it? Disney, Amazon, HBO, Netflix, Hulu. There we go. So those five, right? Out of those five, the lowest consistent user base is Prime Video. So what Prime Video, what Prime Amazon is trying to do is trying to give people a reason to start coming more to their streaming platform. Do I feel this is a smart investment? Yes, because look, man, at the end of the day, Amazon, they have some good original content, but if you need, if you want people to see your original content, usually you have to draw them in there with something else that brings them there first, right? Like, I can't tell you how many shows I've came across on Netflix or or, or on HBO to where... I was going there to look for something else, but I ended up finding that. You know what I mean? Amazon doesn't currently have that with their user base. They have a high total amount of users, right? Because they have so many Prime, because if you have Amazon Prime, you have access to Prime Video. So they technically have a huge amount of actual user base, but as far as active users that are repeatedly coming back and coming there over and over, they don't have that. So Jerome, uh, let's say while you've been talking about this, I took I took a look at the portfolio for Warner Media. This is what Warner Media as a whole owns: HBO and HBO Max, the WB, TBS, TNT, True TV, CNN, HLN, Boomerang, Cartoon Network, as well as Adult Swim, Cinemax, obviously DC, as you mentioned, Turner Classic Movies, Bleacher Report. And they own Crunchyroll as well. Like I say, they own a bunch of other stuff, but that's more like international stuff. So, yeah, that's literally a... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me correct myself. I'm sorry. The Warner was actually... Warner's did the, the merger with Discovery. I'm sorry. They purchased MGM. That's who they purchased for $8.7 billion. And if you don't, and for those that don't know, just to start you off so you can understand the properties that are owned under MGM, let's just start with James Bond. Let's just start there. Yep. So, as I said, regardless, of, uh, I'm sorry about the mistake there, people. You know, I'm, I'm getting older. Sorry, I don't, don't remember everything is clear. But regardless, the point is, is that Amazon is trying to get you to start coming to their platform more by having a bigger library of the products that you already like, and then also being able to then have exclusive properties that they can be bringing you from this, from MGM, that are there saying, the only place you're going to see this is on Amazon Prime Video. That's it. So we'll see where that goes. But why am I bringing this up? Because this is just another goddamn way of, of Jeff Bezos and Amazon trying to take over the world, Terrell. They're trying to do it. Listen, they already got that damn listening box in everybody's house thrill. 
now the listening box is going to be suggesting to you movies based on what you're saying in your house. Next thing you know, Terrell, they don't have all your information. Don't worry. Don't worry, listening box. I still love you. <laughs> you got one of them Lexa listening boxes in your house? Yep. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> Why? Why do you have one? Because I wanted it. <laughs> and my mommy bought it for me for Christmas. How often do you use it? May I ask? Daily. Oh my goodness, God. If I just like all of you guys are giving in to the CIA listening box, why are you doing this? Because I got nothing to be ashamed about. Oh, yeah, I know. Because you're going to snitch us out to the robot overlords anyway. There you go. <laughs> but, but, people, as I tell you each and every week, please stop paying attention to the Kardashians. Pay attention to science. The Kardashians do not give a damn about you or. Your family, they're not trying to do anything to actively improve your lives. But you know what is science? Science is always trying to make your lives and the people around you's lives better. So pay attention to it a little bit more. Show it some love. You might learn something new. You might see something cool coming and happening in your local area soon. But as I say each and every week, thank you, people. I love you. We'll be back next week with that. More shenanigans. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was Spanish shenanigans and a lot of insight from Jerome. You know, they like say when we have breaks, they like say there's a lot of content to cover. Uh, but when it comes down to it, we still need to get to the pro wrestling portion. And Jerome, I want to go into what possibly, and, and I hate to say this, actually, I don't hate to say this, but I'm going to say it. What was possibly the best wrestling pay per view so far in 2021? AEW Double or Nothing. And I say, Jerome, like, say, I know, I say, did you get a chance to check it out? I didn't see it as a live event in its entirety, but I have gotten to watch the matches back, though. I will say this, and I know Jerome's about to, I know Jerome's waiting for this. Thank goodness for the Casino Battle Royal and them giving it to Jungle Boy. I knew it. I knew it. I Look, I to be perfectly honest with you, after I got done watching the matches, right, I was very, very shocked that I didn't have a, um, a text from you saying, they finally gave my boy some love. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't know. Hey, I was watching it live. I was watching it live on pay-per-view. So I was, so that's why I was, wasn't going to see you the message. I'm just like, I don't know if he's watching it live, if he's going to catch it later. But mm-hmm. I, you know me, I'm not going to spoil pay-per-view for you. You know, it's not like we're watching the pay-per-view and there's freaking zombies that pop up. But, <laughs> Uh, but but I was I was very surprised from Hangman Page, who I've been a I've, I've been a stout supporter of Hangman Page. I think he's one of one of the most talented wrestlers. And by the way, congratulations to Hangman and his beautiful wife. They're they're expecting a child, so he's going to be a dad. Um, but Hangman Page has matched with Brian Cage, which which if you 
Jerome, I have been physically next to Brian Cage. That mm-hmm. man's thigh is the size of my torso. That is a big man. He's and he's not even that. And the thing is, he's not like a tall guy. He's a short, stocky guy. But man, he is muscle packed upon muscle. But Brian Cage is, but like that match, I enjoyed it. Congratulations to the new AEW Women's Champion, Britt Baker. I'm sorry, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, for winning that title. And you know what? I'm happy. I'm happy for Britt Baker because after she had that unsanctioned match with Thunder Rosa, I thought Britt's stock was never higher in AEW. And here's the best, here's the weird part about it, Jerome. Britt lost that match. Britt lost the match to Thunder Rosa, and she became, and that tells you that that was a star-making performance because how often is it somebody can lose a match and come out a bigger star than when they went in? That's, that, but that's a testament to Britt Baker because she took that ball, she ran with it, and then she spiked it in the end zone and said, my time now. And her match with Sheeta, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was it was nice to watch wrestling with a live crowd. And that Jacksonville crowd was on fire. Um, I had the pleasure of speaking of while I was watching the pay-per-view of also having communication with uh, a, a, a woman who I am a huge fan of. Uh, she's a wonderful human being. Let's say she even gives, gives me birthday messages. Um, via, Violetta LaGreca, the wife of Dave LaGreca of Busted Open Radio. I say I, I was in communication with her and, and everything. Like during the pay-per-view, she was having a blast out, out there in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, and, and you know what? I was one of those people that when I saw that the stadium stampede match was going to close the show, I was very surprised but when I saw that closing segment with the inner circle, I was like, that's why they did it. Because when I was thinking Stadium Stampede, I thought they were going to do like they did the last time where it was going to basically take place in the stadium. Like there was no going back into Daly's place where everybody else was. But then apparently, and kudos to another one of my boys. That's right. The Spanish god himself, Sammy Guevara, for suggesting to Tony Khan, hey, why don't we bring it back into the bowl? And you know what? That's exactly, exactly what they did. And the closing shot of the inner circle in the ring while the Jacksonville audience was singing Judas. Feel good pay-per-view of the year. And you know what? I didn't have to suffer through zombies for it. <laughs> so let me ask you this, Terrell. When were you planning on uh, addressing the elephant in the room with Jungle Boy? Um, what do you mean the elephant in the room? You know exactly what I'm talking about. What, his world title shot against Kenny Omega? Nope. nope. You mean the fact that his world title shot against Kenny Omega is on the same night as our good friend and Twitch streamer Cujo is having his return to the ring? 
Nope. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure which elephant. So, Terrell, when were you gonna tell me that Jungle Boy's dad was Luke Perry? I thought you knew. I had no idea who his dad was, bro. I didn't know his dad was Luke Perry. Dude, why do you think? Why do you think Jim Ross keeps talking, call, calling him Jungle Boy Jack Perry? You have to. You have to remember something. A lot of wrestling that I consume now, I consume with the volume down and like music on. Because because so. you also because you because you missed because you missed because I'll I'll be the first one to admit Excalibur as a commentator I had to get used to, and, but that guy has found his stride, and I'm starting to realize that okay, I I can I can dig Excalibur. Excalibur's the type of guy I can dig. Uh, he's doing. He's been doing a great job, and him with with Jr. and Tony Schiavone, he helps bridge the gap for them because you know, like I say, Jr. and Tony, Tony was out of the business for twenty years. Jr. as knowledgeable as he is, he's not as knowledgeable about the modern wrestlers. Excalibur bridges the gap. He helps, and I love. I especially love him hearing Excalibur and Tony Schiavone talk because that's just awesome to me. But yeah, but uh, Luke, Pe- but yeah, Luke Perry is Jungle is Jungle Boy's father. You know the late great Luke Perry, and you know, and that's and that's the thing. Like a lot of people, you know, assume oh he's just getting they signed him because you know that Luke Perry says that no Jungle Boy. You got to think Jungle Boy was training to wrestle. Like Jungle Boy is in his early twenties, like I don't think he's he's even twenty three yet. Like, hold on, let me do so, some research real quick. I, so I gotta double check. So I just gotta ask though. Um, so this is gonna be kind of I have to phrase this question delicately, right? One thing I have noticed with AEW, T, is that. Their their top guys all seem to have the same skin complexion. So my question for you on all of this is, do you feel like it might be time for them to start trying to add some diversity to what they're doing with their men's roster? Because their women's roster doesn't have that problem. Right, their women's roster's got plenty of diversity across the women. But their men's roster eh, nah. <laughs> I mean, like say, if you're looking at the guys at the very top of the card, yes, then like say that's that's something that is quite noticeable. But like I say, you do have like some guys that like like a guy who I thought was gonna cross into that upper echelon was Scorpio Sky. And mm-hmm. I don't know what, what happened. But it's like he was trending upwards, and then he just kind of trended back. I mean, you're talking about a guy who, on an episode of Dynamite, had a world title match against Chris Jericho. You know? I mean, yes, if you look at the champions, Kenny Omega, yes, he's a Canadian. Uh, The Young Bucks, yes, they're from California. And they very much, you know, share the same skill complexion. The TNT champion right now is Miro, who's Bulgarian, but that's basically – but he's just a Tanner Mm – but he's just a Tanner version. And I mean, like I say, they don't really have like much 
I mean, like I say, yeah, even like I say, even if you look at the inner circle, there's diversity there because you know you got Jericho and Hager, and then you got Guevara, but then you got Guevara, Ortiz, and Santana who are very much Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's one of those things. Yeah, like the women's roster. Like, because if you had to look at the women's roster right now uh, in AEW, I would say the two women who right now, and I would say, and I'm not going to say they're on the collision course because in all honesty, I'm not, I don't want to see that match as of right now. But if she gets a little bit more seasoning on her, Jade Cargill, and then Britt Baker. Those are the two women right now at time of this recording who I would say have the who who have the most clout about them in that women's division. Now, when my Queen Slayer comes back, when Anna Jay comes back, then she's gonna have some then she's gonna definitely uh you know be thrown into that mix. Cause I say Hikaru Shida, hey, I give all credit in the world. Hikaru Shida I give all credit in the world to people like Hukaru Shida and Drew McIntyre. And like I say, and I'll throw Bobby Lashley into that mix, but and even Bailey. I'll throw Bailey in there too. A little bit with Sasha Banks. I give credit all credit in the world to them for being champions during one of the most unprecedented time in the history of the business because of the fact that you can't you can't tell if somebody's getting over or not as a champion based off a of fan reaction during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's 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 impossible. What are you going to say? Oh yeah, the Thunderdome crowd is is going crazy for them. You can't tell. There's no audio for those people. And I'm pretty sure if there was, uh, Monday Night Raw would get consistent booze. But But it's one of those situations where when you look at it, they say, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, their top guys all look very similar in the complexion department. But like I say, we're also looking at, but let's, uh, let's also take a look at this though, okay? It took them less time to put the tag titles on a black man than it did for WWE. WWE was in business for 20 years before we had black tag team champions. Scorpio Sky was at least part of SCU. And he and he was he can always say he was one of the first ever AEW tag team champions. When you look at you know, because all elite wrestling as a whole has been around not even like dynamite as a show has been around not even two years yet. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm giving them a pass, but I'm also saying let them let them have some time to get to that point. Because uh, time out, because, time out, because, time out. Two years on, is this, plenty of fucking time, man. Because then we start the song and no 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 because then we start the song and dance of well, we gotta wait a little bit more time. Then we gotta wait a little bit more time. Then we gotta wait okay. a little bit more time. Okay, wait, wait, draw. How hard is it to be fucking diverse in today's environment? Come on, man. I'm sorry, I'm not gonna excuse them for not being 
diverse enough with what they're doing in their product. Okay. I, I'm not going to do it. If we knock WWE for years for this shit, we cannot sit here and then all of a sudden talk about the wrestling company that's supposed to stand for a lot of the things that are anti-WWE in the way that they handle business. We can't then turn around and be like, oh, well, we just got to give them more time. No, they need to do better. Wait, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this question. Because you want, you, want, you want diversity and everything. Can you name anybody on that roster that's, that's a diverse person that you want to see in that top spot? That's, that you want that's, to see? that's an AEW problem. That's, that's the crux of what I'm no, getting but, at with you here, but, Terrell, but here's is that thing. don't they thing. need to do a but better I'm, job? But, but here's the thing. I am saying that, let's say, I watch AEW as a product, okay? Let's say, they have a tag team on the rise called Top Flight, okay? The Martin Brothers. Those guys aren't ready just yet, but they will be, and they're going to be huge stars. Private Party went to the wayside. I don't know what, I don't know if they lost faith in them or something, or injuries, whatever. Uh, Scorpio Ooh. Scott, like I say, another person they have put to the wayside, but they've been Ooh. featuring him, but uh, hold on, Scorpio was, was Scorpio not in a high-profile match at Double or Nothing? I just want to point something out to you, Terrell. I just want to point something out to you. Doesn't that sound awfully familiar to the same behavior we've seen with WWE? Here's the thing. Outside of Scorpio Sky and Top Flight, I don't see any... I don't see any of the other wrestlers cracking that, cracking into that next echelon. Who is the, the one that oh, made no, no, the no. decisions on their roster? They but, did. They decided who they wanted to sign. So why are you trying to give them a pass for it now? Hey, you can sign shitty talent. We've seen WWE do it for years. And guess what? Guess what? There's a there's a guy who I wish that they would get him away from Taz, named Will Hobbs. That could that could be a major player. The guy has size, speed, and strength, but the guy can't talk. Jerome, what was one of the greatest things things that The Rock did that got him over? He talked. Kofi Kingston, when he started, think about it. When we first saw Kofi Kingston. With his fake Jamaican accent, we're just like, okay, but the guy was great in the ring, but he couldn't talk. Shelton Benjamin, great wrestler, hilarious in person, but his promo abilities have always been one of those things that he's been lacking. And then, what's the one thing that kept Bobby Lashley from the world title? The guy was not a talker. What do you, you do? You got him a mouthpiece. Here's the problem. AEW, they don't have a lot of mouthpieces that you want to listen to. They have managers that can that can do well, but here's the thing. It took giving Bobby Lashley MVP for people to say, now he's ready. Even though everybody could look at Bobby Lashley and say, that man's a killer. You gave him a mouthpiece in Leo Rush, Lil Rush didn't want to be a mouthpiece. He wanted to be a wrestler. So you can't. So there's guys on their roster. Like, there's one guy in particular, and I'm thinking of him when I'm saying this. Guy is great in the ring. 
but man, he cannot cut a promo. And that's big shoddy Lee Johnson. And this isn't me talking bad on on Lee Johnson. This is me as a, someone who has been watching wrestling for the better part of 30 freaking years saying he's not good on the mic. He can get better. Everybody can get better. I've seen a ton of these guys get so much better on the mic as they get comfortable with who they are, with who they're portraying to be. But Lee Johnson, I've heard him cut two promos. And believe me, they were not setting the world on fire after those promos. So so we, so we, you say you want them to push these people? Guess what? This is what you do. Ooh, ooh, you go to someone like a Tully. Like a Tully Blanchard, you go to no. someone like a Anderson. Here's why I gotta on, stop you. Because see, on, you're, getting, you're 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 going a completely away from exactly the point that I asked you, which is, don't they need to do a better job of bringing diversity to their roster? You were talking around around that so damn much because you're trying to give every reason for why they are doing what they're doing, but you're not addressing the issue that I asked you about, which is. Don't they need to do a better job of having a better fucking diverse roster? You obviously never watched Darker Elevation, do you? Darker Elevation. Terrell, do those products, if I don't give NXT respect, what the fuck would I look like giving AEW Dark some respect? Don't you ever don't you ever <laughs> wonder why why all of a sudden hey, the records NXT is on TV? Don't you don't you wonder wonder why the records all of a sudden change? It's like I didn't see this guy last week. How are they? How are they three and zero? And I saw them wrestle last week and they won. Wait, what? What they get two magical wins? That's where they're getting the wins. No, at the end of the day, are those products really being consumed like that? No. Are they getting to the general pop public? No. So again. If I'm not going to respect NXT, which is actually a television fucking product, why would I re- respect something called AEW Dark? Well, are you going to respect Rampage when it debuts on on TNT this upcoming August? I mean, because TNT we'll wanted, TNT wanted another hour of AEW. AEW we'll said, see. "Okay." <laughs> We'll see, <laughs> but that's we'll see. that's different. That's a television product too. That's not AEW Dark now, is it? That's not hey. NXT. Where NXT, you had to go look on an app for it for forever in a day, and you had to know about it just to even just to even want to consume it. Yeah, yeah, and and I kept telling you for years to watch a- so, NXT. So, so I ask you again: Does AEW need to do a better job? Or you think they're doing a good enough job? <laughs> uh, hey, man, it's up to you how you want to answer this question. So I just posed it. <laughs> That's so, all. <laughs> so I'm going to say this. Can they do better? Yes. But Shouldn't they be doing better? That's the thing. 
I don't know if they can. And and this is me speaking speaking as someone who realizes that you're talking like think about it. Tony Khan, he wasn't born in the wrestling business. Wrestling's not the wrestling business isn't in his blood. He's a guy you know who you know bought a cup who who started a company. No, he started a company with four guys who had who, who basically said they have a vision. And the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes aren't naturally bookers. They've been talent for the majority of their careers. So, so yeah, could they do better? Absolutely. Can they do better? I'm not sure. Because we don't have a history of them as bookers. We don't know, we don't know what Young Bucks weren't booking stuff in Japan and Ring of Honor. Kenny wasn't booking stuff in Japan. Uh, Cody wasn't booking stuff in Japan and Ring of Honor. We have to wait and see if they choose to do, if, if they can do better. Because Why do I have what? to wait when I have two years of results? Because um, you don't have two years, you have a year and a half. But, have, that's two years of results. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, so you mean to tell me. So you mean to tell me. You, being the avid sports fan that you are, that if all of a sudden the new ownership group takes over one of your favorite teams, you expect after two years to have a real, they say, decision as to what they do? Okay, so here's why I can tell you where that that actual comparison makes no sense. Uh, A sports team is an already an established organization. AEW is something that's new. They They had the chance to build it. In, a speci- in specific ways from the ground up, making it more inclusive for everyone, making it more of a place where they're, where they're representing everyone better. Oh, but okay, they've made okay. active choices since they formed okay. that company that okay, haven't so, led to that the same path. So again, so, should they okay, be doing so, better? Yes. So, so, so what about an expansion team? Brand new team coming to the league. You think two years is enough time to really make an assessment of them? to make an assessment on whether you're actually willing to give people opportunity. Yes. Yes. That's a very easy. That's very easy to tell. Are you kidding me? Thrill. They are Cause, on. Because do you forget? Now, they now, are do you on forget, for, elite, do you forget, for Do you forget AEW Revolution, Scorpio Sky won the face of the revolution match? And where, and where is he at right now, Thrill? He's, he just had a match with Sting on AEW Pay-Per-View. Yeah, 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 he had a match with Sting. Uh huh. And what was who was everybody talking about? Were they talking about Scorpio Sky or were they talking about Sting? Terrell, remind me real quick. I can't remember what topic was trending on Twitter that night. Remind. Of course, you're going to talk about Sting. The man hadn't wrestled in six years. So again, what does that big match mean? They could have thrown anyone in that damn match. Um, they, could have consider- thrown, they could have thrown the Brooklyn Brawler in there, and they would still would have had the same. Hey, pop you will not speak ill of Steve Lombardi. Hey, okay? look, I ain't got no disrespect to the Brooklyn Brawler. He was a he was a very very vital part of the business for a lot of years, right? But was he ever a star or something like that? No, he was the ultimate jobber. So at the but end you know of what? the day, they could but have he was the jobber the Brooklyn Brawler the in there. But anyways, Jerome, let's say, 
Let's see what happens. Okay? Because if, if you really if you really look at it, most of these wrestling companies, they're the diversity of their roster, it takes a long time. I mean, think about it. What, but Terrell, Turner? these are all on, companies that have been around forever. This is supposed hold to be a company talk- that was saying they were the antithesis to the bad shit in wrestling. Hold, hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. So think about it. Who was the first Black World Champion? Fucking, uh, what would that be? Would it be? Wouldn't it be the uh, Rocky Johnson? No, first Black World Champion. In a recognized national promotion, who was the first? Oh, that black... wouldn't that be uh, that's uh, uh, Ron Simmons, though. Okay, what year did Ron Simmons win that belt? Nigga, that was like what ninety something, I think. It was nineteen ninety-two. There we go. Nineteen ninety-two. He won. He won the WC championship, WCW championship. Okay, who was the first black man to be WWE champion? That would probably be The Rock. Okay. What year did he win that? What, 97, wasn't it? No. 1998. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because 97 was what? Austin and Michaels, right? Mm, No. 97 was was Brett and Sean. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's right, that's right, that's right. That's right. Now, I also want you to take a look. How long now how how long was it between the time Ron Simmons won the title? Was it till Booker T won it? That was a ooh, that was some years. Eight years. Okay. Now, from The Rock to Kofi Kingston, how long? That was quite a while. It was roughly about, I want to say about 20 years. Okay? So you're excusing you, AEW's you, hold, bad behavior hold because on, of other people's fucked up behavior. Hold on, hold on, so because, hold on. I'm getting, so because other on, people were on, more fucked on, up, I'm getting, it's okay with AEW's difference, Hold on, right? I'm getting to a point here. I'm getting to a point. Let me get to my point. Okay? The NWA title, the title that has been held by guys like Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, you know how many black men have held that title? As of record, to my recollection, two. You know who those two men were? You know who the first one was? Nope. Ron the Truth Killings. <laughs> Ron? Oh, let's say you you laugh about that because of what we see from him now. But if you no, if you were I you, laugh because that's fucking crazy that it took them that long for a fucking black man to hold their title. Right. Right. You say it's crazy because of that. Okay? But what the point I'm trying to get to is everything everything takes time to develop. Think about it. What was the one Hold on. Again, no, though, hold, you're you're trying on. to excuse no, 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 their no. bad behavior because other people are hold doing on. fucked up things. That doesn't make any division. sense. You talked about their women's division. How much were we knocking their damn women's division when it first started? And now it's one of the best damn things on their programming. Terrell, again, my guy. No, 
No, you are you using are... their behavior. Wait, so they were I'm... able to fit. Wait, wait, wait. So they were able to fix their women's division in that time, Terrell, but they weren't able to fix this problem. Why is that? What's the reason? Hmm? I'll hmm? be honest. I'll be honest. One of the reasons I personally, personally would have to say, is that most of the best wrestlers of diversity are all signed up to WWE. So again, though, they have people on their roster that they actively make choices with. And I'm to forgive them because, oh, everybody else has been making these bad decisions for so long. So it's okay. We got to give them a little more time to stop being assholes too. Huh? No. No, they were supposed to be the company that, hey, you stood on your merit. How you performed in the ring was what did it for you. And I'm telling you right now, T, I'm already seeing a lot of that old boys club. I'm seeing it happen. I said, well, we're going to have to wait and see see how this story plays out. Because 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 I'm pretty sure I know what the main event for uh, All Out in Chicago will be. But like I say, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see if any changes happen. I won't make my prediction until roughly about July for what the main event of All Out will be. No, if you're going to say you think you know what it is, say it now. Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, I look, I'm, I'm just simply saying, dog, I'm not willing to accept that they, we need to give them time. No, 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 no. They need to do better. Got to stop trying to be soft with, with, with companies like this. No, 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 no. If we can come, if we are going to sit here and command that WWE does better, they got to do better too because they were supposed to be the ones that were supposed to be presenting you a better product than WWE. They're supposed to be rising above all the bullshit and politics that were in WWE. Remember? I'm sorry. I don't remember them ever saying that, making that statement. Mm, Come on. Come on. Do do I need to go back and find some of these Cody Rhodes interviews when he was talking about what kind of a company that they were going to be forming? You mean when they were saying we're a company for the boys, by the boys? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They Mm. never specified who the boys were. Mm. Anyway. Hmm. And and so what does that mean, Terrell? They're doing business as usual, which is what kind of business? I don't know. But I just know Cody Rose. Yeah, no, you know. I just know know Cody Rose is technically Hispanic, so. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. His mother is he can his be technically. He can be. He can be technically that. Oh, you want to play that game? What is he viewed as in society, Terrell? The same thing as Steph Curry. No, what is he viewed <laughs> in as society, Terrell? Because Steph Curry is a light. He's viewed as a light-skinned black man. I'm pretty sure you don't hear them talking about Cody Rhodes being a Latino champion. <laughs> I'm just anyway. saying, man. At some point, dog, like 
I look, I'm willing to give them a chance and 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 give them because I do understand. I'm not saying that nothing you said has validity, because there is very a very valid point in what you said, and that a lot of the super high end um talent that would make them more diverse is signed up already. But Here's where I take issue even with that, with me even understanding that that is a part of this puzzle, right? You can't tell me that there's not some guys out there in the Indies or or in a scene overseas somewhere that you could have went and got. You can't tell me because you got plenty of guys that came from overseas and shit too and from the Indies. You can't tell me you couldn't have. Yeah, and, that, and, and but you know what happened? But you know what? They bring those guys over. You know what they, you know what they do with them? They put them on AEW Dark and Elevation. Yeah, and you know what that does for them? Jack that gets them so, actually, 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 a couple of the guys that they have had on that show got signed by WWE. Who? So somebody, um, let's say I know Ben Carter. He's a UK wrestler. He got signed by mm-hmm. WWE. Don't There's even know couple, who the fuck he is. Let, dude, let's go down oh, this list. Oh, who, that's who because... I'm try- I can't remember everyone, man. Come on now. That's a lot. I know, to I'm remember. just saying you can pull up the list. It's, it's fine. I'm not I'm not tripping about you pulling up a list here, but all I'm simply saying to you is who the fuck are well, they? Because it, it, well, if they were really that relevant, then I would at least maybe have heard their names. I still read wrestling news and shit, so I would at least heard the names, right? That's all I'm saying. Like I'm not I'm not saying that it's all on AEW, but a big freaking part of this is on them because they're the ones making the decisions of who they're bringing in. Like they, they could decide to bring in more diverse people. They could decide to do that. But again, they made their active choices. And then we're looking at, again, their how they're using the talent that they have there that could give them some more diversity and how their television product looks. We don't really get that, do we? Everybody but, but looks see, the same. But, but see, here's the thing. You're talking about, like, say, their, 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 their diversity and talent. But can you name anybody? I'm sorry. Can I name anybody in the sense of who? On AEW's roster that you think they should be pushing. Oh yeah, Scorpio, hundred percent. They should have been pushing him, but they don't Who do else? it. Who else? And see, now you're pushing it because you know I don't remember everybody's name anyway. There you go. But speaking of names, though, so so bro, so you so so the Scorpio thing is irrelevant now, <laughs> like because I remember one name. No, it's still the point. I do know him. I do know a person there. They should have pushed. And again, when. They could have had him shining in a, in, a, in a match of his own where he gets his shine. Where did they put him in the pay-per-view? Opposite a legend. <laughs> and who got all the shine? So you're telling me that Sting didn't deserve some shine after t- taking some bumps after six years? You know Sting is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. There's no slight to Sting. Has nothing to do with him has everything to do with the fact of my point. It's active decisions that they are making. This isn't some, oh, we need to just give them time. No, they're making active decisions with the personnel that they already have. So let me ask you this, Terrell. You, if, you're a, if you're a black wrestler, right, independent wrestler, 
where do you think currently, where do you feel like you might have a better chance to actually become the world champion? Ring of Honor. Now, if, if, let's just go WWE and AEW. I'd have a better chance at AEW. Really? Yeah. Why do you think that? Uh, mainly, mainly because of the fact that it just seems that no matter how good you are in WWE, I say they just don't have faith in a lot of the wrestlers of color. And and mind you, like you say, because because let's not forget, Vince McMahon had gold with a little group that we both enjoyed called the Hurt Business. And what did he do to them? Broke them up. So, think about it. You have a group. and Now, mind you, mind you, yes, you did have the New Day as tag team champions. Yes, Kofi got his shine as the world champion. But it wasn't because Vince wanted it. It's because the fans demanded Kofi be champion. The New Day didn't work because of what Vince's ideas were. It was because of what Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston and Big E wanted to do. So when you really look at it, I would go AEW all the way because of the fact that I have more faith that, guess what? If I bust my ass, I'm going to show everybody that I deserve to be in that world title picture and actually get there. Whereas WWE, know. you which think about it, which as WWE, you could be the most talented wrestler on their roster for 10 years and still not get that shine. And mind you, I'm not saying that as a black wrestler, I'm saying that as a person who has watched this, I'm saying, think about it. But there's 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 a man who we have said is one of the consummate best wrestlers out there who nowadays we just look at him as an afterthought. And we said he was one of the top five best wrestlers in the world. You remember that man's name? Dolph Ziggler. Well, Ziggler had his opportunities. Don't act like they didn't give Ziggler opportunities. He just Uh, never actually he just never actually got over with the crowd on a day on a regular are basis. You, what are you talking about? When he cashed mm. in that that arena popped so loud. Yeah, and do you and do you remember how much Dolph sucked on the mic then? Dolph wasn't bad on the mic then. He sucked he sucked on the mic then. I and plus, I say this as a fan of his. Like he sucked on the mic. Then. And plus he plus there. he had plus he didn't need to be good on the mic. He had AJ Lee with him. But again though he can only hide behind AJ Lee for so long. He had to talk at some point, and he just wasn't effective. But while you say all that about AEW, and I'm sorry, I know I totally got us hung up on this, but I, I'll I'll end my points with this. While you say all that about you feel like you'd have a better shot in AEW, right now I currently see seven black men in in prominent storylines that are going to end up in pay-per-view matches in WWE. How many of those do you see in AEW? Wait, wait, wait. What's seven? What's seven? Xavier, Kofi. Um, okay. Okay. Wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Xavier, Kofi, Big E, Apollo Crews. Wait, wait. Who's, um, who? 
who's Biggie? Who, who's Biggie supposed to go up against? You know, there. Is, this is all a long work for him and Apollo. You already know this. What are you? You acting like you stopped watching wrestling all of a sudden? You know, this is all a long work for him and Apollo to have another big match, and it's probably going to be at SummerSlam. Okay, that's that's two months away. Yeah, but what pay per view is this month? Hell in a Cell. Who gives a shit about it? People who think Hell in a Cell should be done for blow up fights. What are the big What are the big moments in the in the year, Terrell? There's four. There There's what four of them, right? Five. What are the big pay? Five. I'll give you money in the bank too. Five big moments in the year. So what do all those other pay-per-views mean? They're mostly just filler. They're like filler episodes in anime. So don't you, if you're in WWE, you pretty much want to have big moments at Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Money in the Bank, and whatever other pay-per-view you want to throw in there. Other than that, what, what else? What is there? I'm just saying that you say that they have storylines leading up to it. Okay. Let's see. See, Apollo and Big E, they're going to eventually go back to the Intercontinental title thing. Yeah, definitely. You know, unless they decide they want to push Big E towards Roman. Which I don't see them doing yet because I don't think they're ready to take the belt off for Roman yet. Right. Um, then you have what they say, and you say Kofi and Xavier. Okay, that's gonna that's gonna be if, if Kofi and Xavier are gonna do their match with Team RK Bro. Mm-hmm. More than likely, more than likely, mm, at Hell in a Cell. A, a, a review that you say is a throwaway. It is because you know what's so, going to happen. So, so, so is it? So, so is it really? Gonna, so, so, so having a pay per view match does it really? Does th- let me ask you this: Does having a pay per view match really even matter anymore when you're in the WWE? Aside from the big five pay per views, does it really matter if you're booked on those? Because guess what? When I'm looking at it, if you're booked on Money in the Bank, WrestleMania. Survivor Series, the Rumble, and SummerSlam, then those are the ones you want to be on the marquee for. But here's where I disagree but, with you. I don't think but, that they're going but, to do the... But, but here's the thing. You're talking about All Elite. All Elite Wrestling has four pay-per-views a year. If you're judging it based off of pay-per-views, then that's a asinine judgment because... Four pay-per-views a year versus one, maybe, versus one a month, maybe even two. Hey, you know, Vince has got to go get that Saudi money. You mean to tell me that that's not a good judgment of it? That's not. Because guess what? We, because you even said it. Hell in a cell, throw away pay-per-view. WrestleMania backlash, throw away pay-per-view. Ooh, let's say, and I'm not even... And, and the rest of my backlash thing, I'm not going to mention that thing again. But when you look at it at the grand scheme of things, you're looking for people that have high profile matches. Like I say, 
the New Day, what they had, they they had a the New Day had the WrestleMania match against Omos and AJ Styles at WrestleMania. I just, I just want to ask you real quick though. How many uh, high-profile matches has Chris Jericho and Cody Rhodes had since they've been in AEW? Just remind me. Well, Jericho was the champion, so that... Hmm. Wow. So they've had opportunities to have this done, but... (laughs) Like I said, man, active choices, baby. Active choices. Oh, goodness. I totally got a sidetracked. I know. <laughs> but since we're talking about the world of the WWE, Jerome, there were roster cuts earlier this week. And and mind you, like, there's a lot of speculation, but we just need to go over the list of uh, the roster cuts. Um, now, mind you, I'm going to go over this list. I'm, I'm, I'm mainly going to look at it from the wrestler standpoint. So... Uh, I'm actually going to go back to the first Black Wednesday of April 15th. Let's take a look at this, okay? And All right, so April 15th. All right, so we saw Mojo Raleigh, no surprise. Wesley Blake, no surprise. Bo Dallas, partially surprised because there was a lot of talk of putting him with his brother, who's Bray Wyatt. Uh, Kalisto, who really hadn't done anything on WWE TV in months. Uh, once they separated him from the Lucha House Party. Tucker, who was with Heavy Machinery and Otis, and, I mean, that wasn't a surprise. I thought he was going to get cut right after they split him from Otis because we, <laughs> we all knew who, who, who the charisma was in that team. Um, Chelsea Green. That one surprised me because she's one of the best women's wrestlers out there. And... Like they had called her up to SmackDown, but she ended up getting her wrist broke in the match when, when like, say she debuted on SmackDown and she was getting ready to come back. And there was talks that she was going to come back in a storyline against a person who knows this story, the, 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 the psycho stalker, crazy fan storyline very well. Mickey James, who was also released on the same day, as well as. The Iconics, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. And the biggest shocker of all from that time frame, Samoa freaking Joe. Now, we know Joe has had his injury issues, but we know Joe. We know Joe has been healed up for a while. The man just had called WrestleMania in the rain. And... He gets released, and Joe probably didn't want to go back to doing commentary. He wanted to probably probably get back in the in the ring. I'm not gonna, and I don't blame Joe. Joe's a wrestler. He's always been one of my favorites. I mean, like I say, if you look at a, at a list of believable guys, Samoa Joe, he can make you believe in him in five seconds. And then also, and then let's let's look at like say the second the second round of this, which was mostly NXT talent. Kavita Devi, yeah, May Young Classic. Outside of that, don't care. Alexander Wolf, who was part of Imperium. You don't know nothing about Imperium because you don't, you ain't hit to that NXT crowd. Ezra Judge, who literally looks like Vince McMahon had a wet dream about him. 
uh, Skylar Story, aka Brandy Loran, who is one of the most touted female wrestlers and had even debuted on NXT. Jessamine Duke was another one, which she has been gone for a while, so I wasn't really that surprised that she got released. Vanessa Bourne, who I thought they were going to do something with her, call her up, but she had been up NXT TV. NXT TV for over a year. And I I can't not mention this one. The Velveteen Dream has been released. Okay, now that's around May 19th. That was around the middle of May. And then in the last couple days from the time of this recording, we had Santana Garrett, who I personally believe, you know, like I say, they should have made her the wrestling Wonder Woman. Buddy Murphy, who is an excellent hand in the ring. Lana, who I'm surprised she was there as long as she was because, I mean, with her husband being over in AEW, I, I thought they would have released her a long time ago. Ruby freaking Riot, who is by far one of the best women's wrestlers and can put on, and you know that old expression, they can have a match with a broomstick and get the broomstick over? Ruby Riot mm-hmm. can do that. Mm-hmm. Jerome, I'm, I'm going to stop right now. At this current time, AEW is currently on, on my television and released WWE superstar Andrade has debuted on AEW at this, at this time. Hmm. So we knew he was going somewhere. He showed up in AEW and I'm not surprised. Uh, oh. But also... A big shock, two, but the last two re- release, most recent releases that are the biggest shockers, Aleister Black, who they just did the whole Tales of the Black Father promos for, he just got released after they pop him up, Kostomiki, the Intercontinental title, and then they didn't tell the story the following week, and then he got released. And then, of course, your favorite the choo-choo train man himself, Braun Strowman. I mean, Jerome, like say, they're they're like we've seen we've seen like post-WrestleMania cuts. <coughs> but man, that's a that, you're talking there have been 39 wrestlers. I'm sorry, 23 wrestlers released from WWE. Mm-hmm. In less than two months. <clears throat> um. Well, I could say this much. I'm. I'm not surprised by the total amount of wrestlers that have been released. Right. Uh, that that isn't necessarily surprising me. What did surprise me more than anything, though, was some of the names, like per, like Braun Strowman. I didn't think that that was someone that WWE would ever give up on. Right. I thought we were going to be stuck with Braun Strowman for the next 10 years or whatever he decided to wrestle, right? Because WWE just was not going to get rid of a guy that big that they have already invested so much time and effort into trying to get over, right? But So that was pretty surprising to me that he actually ended up getting released because, like I said, you know, just like I do, guys that look like Braun Strowman that have that physical stature – that's usually someone that, you know, 
Vince, he's got a hard on for it. You know, I hate to put it in such a crude term, but he's that guy's really got a hard on for people who are big, massive guys. That's why he loves the Hulk Hogan's of the world. That's why Triple H had so much success. You know, he that's what Vince wants his champions to look like. So I think that was surprising. It also, I thought the Lana surprising the the Lana one was surprising to me for this reason only. Because I thought at some point that they would realize that they had extreme value with her as a valet. But it doesn't look like they ever figured that out, if you want me to be honest. It, it, like, I get that, that they wanted to expand her out and to be more, like, you know, be more active in the ring. But they should have, they should have done that process better because she's much more suited to have been like getting in the situation to where it's like, you know, some mixed tags team tag team matches to where you continue to let her develop over time. And eventually she becomes maybe a full-time competitor. But like, I think that they really push that forward too quickly because she was so raw. She, you know, she hadn't been in the ring for anything. And, and they basically forced her into situations where she was in the ring being asked to perform at a high level and for the most part, falling flat on it, you know, um, like you got to realize that I what, a lot of us, what, what a lot of us real like first five matches was for the SmackDown Women's Championship against Naomi. Yep. Which was silly like, in my my opinion. Very, very silly. She was not ready for that. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I definitely agree. But here's but here's the thing. And a lot of people in the IWC have all said this. They've released 23 wrestlers, but mm-hmm. they're bringing back freaking Eva Marie. I mean, I know people I have a distaste for Eva Marie, but she has a cachet with her name. What cachet? I don't know what she's done outside of outside of sucking the ring. But again, she has a cachet because as soon as she popped up, what happened? Immediate vitriol, but her name was trending on Twitter, correct? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't it follow was. Twitter. Remember, remember, I got rid of Twitter. I got rid of Twitter. Remember? Yeah, but but again, though, like you, I'm just saying, when you think about the people whose names were trending from that night, she was one of them. So th- that's the whole point. It's like they're they're trying to draw draw in more eyeballs. They already they know they have enough wrestlers wrestlers at this point right they they have honestly wwe probably has a few too many wrestlers right because not everybody at this point can even get shine um so i do i don't like to see people getting cut but i also think this is that this is a great opportunity for the people that are still left because now there's just more opportunity playing out and simple. Now WWE has said to you playing out and simple, you've made it through two rounds of cuts in this year, which means that they still see value in you. Now you just got to go out and prove it. Right. So, so here's my thing. And, and, and mind you, like I say, I've been diving deep down the rabbit hole of the IWC. There's talks that one of the reasons why they're doing this is because of the new like president, Nick Khan, no relation to Tony Khan of AEW. But Nick Khan, but like say, 
they're saying that there's potentially going to be a sell of the WWE. And they're trying to get rid of some of the bigger contracts, which Strowman had. Strowman was was making pretty much a million dollars a year. Well, yeah, remember, that, was a, that was a terrible deal when they re-upped him. That, that was a god-awful well, deal. Well, when they re-upped a lot of the contracts, it was when AEW formed and basically... But that was... But he... Vince, he, Vince, but Vince, Vince made... Like was just like I don't want anybody going over there, and he literally like signed guys up to five year contracts. So, I mean, but you again, kinda... again though, he could have just he could have let some of these people go. It, it was him not seeing the forest through the trees moment again because he could have simply realized that Braun Strowman was never going to get over. Like no matter what I do. He's not going to get over. And that's the thing. Braun at <coughs> one point was over, and they never they never pulled the trigger on him. Mm. When did you consider him over? When he was basically tossing around Roman Reigns and flipping tractor trailers and all sorts of stuff. Like, mm. he was... He, he was over with the children. Did no, you he was over. Not, the adults were not reacting in, to him in the way that he was over. I'm going to have to disagree with you there. I mean, go back and look at some of those moments. He got huge pops from the entire crowd. Mm, What moments are you talking about? Anything that had to do with beating up Roman Reigns. Yeah, but that had more to, that had everything to do with Roman Reigns. They cheered, the crowd was cheering everyone that beat up Reigns at that time. Plus, also, when he had that match against Brock, a lot of people were hoping he was going to win the belt. Who? Who are a lot of people? Who? Who the hell was wishing that nonsense? I don't like Brock, but I don't like Braun Strowman at all. Braun Strowman is garbage. He's not a good wrestler, Terrell. You can't, you can't sit here right now as a respectable wrestling fan that I know you are and tell me that you think Braun Strowman is a good wrestler. Oh, no. But you know what? I would take him over the great Kali any day. Well, come on. I mean, great Kali should have never even been in the ring. Let's be honest. Like, look, I understand it's a genetic deformity what he had, what he has, excuse me. But he should have never been in the ring. Let's, Let's just be honest. His his deformity was not going to allow him to perform correctly in the ring in the ways that they needed him to. And it's already hard enough for guys that size to have great matches, right, and, like, really convince people anyway. But now when you're talking about a guy who – one of his big moves is he's chopping you in the head, like, and he moves extra slow all the time, like, that's never going to work. I'm just saying, like I say, the only the only part of great like Kali I liked was when he was the Punjabi playboy. That was awesome. <laughs> that was good times. Trivia question for you, real quick, Terrell. Why wow, wow, I've got it fresh in my mind. What's the only championship that the Big Show didn't hold in his time in WWE that he had a I, that he could have potentially held in his time there? 
usually good at this stuff. This is why I want to see if you know this one. I would say the U.S. Championship. Nope. Give you one more guess. Not sure. The European Championship. That is the only one he is missing. Otherwise, he would have held every title he potentially could have held in WWE. I mean, yeah, he was there for like the like I say, that, that title got retired like two years later. Yeah, like I know. I, I know. I know. I, I'm not faulting him for it, but I'm just saying it, it's that's the only one he did held. The hold, excuse me, every other title he held in WWE that he could. Oh, goodness. See, you dying? Nope. Oh, <laughs> you no. already dying? Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. I'm just, like, I'm just like, like thinking about it. I'm just like, okay, yeah, that's true. Uh, but, yeah, it's one of those, you know, like, say, situations where, hey, no one, like, say, most people don't really, like, look back on the European title and just like, oh, my God, the European title. Because, in all honesty, like, say, WWE was trying to branch out in Europe and, they were just like, hey, let's do this. You know, although they didn't really need that olive branch, they just, I don't know why they added another title. But I, but I, I will say this. It was, it was not a bad looking belt. I didn't mind it. It's no, one of it, the few belts. It was one of the few belts. I'm just like, okay, I like it. Don't see the point in it, but I like the look of it. You know, nah, yeah, it I mean, good. I mean, it still looks better than the goddamn AEW women's title. Good lord, does that title look like crap? Oh my god! And the thing I is, thought that, just, I thought nothing would ever get worse than the Divas title, Terrell. But that it's worse. And the thing is, they just redid the title, <laughs> and it's basically the same title, just bigger. It looks like crap, Terrell. It looks like crap. Like okay. they couldn't. They took it. They could. Like, dude, they have the NWA Women's Title. On their show with Serena Deeb, who's on their roster, you couldn't have taken a cue and been like, "Let's do something like that." Nope. Nah. But bro. then, but then again, you know, Cody didn't want to have any problems when he got home because Brandy would have hated that. Well, look, all I can tell you is that uh, the belts that they have chosen so far have been garbage. <laughs> And that's a, and that's a shame too because their tag titles beautiful, the world title beautiful, the TNT title. Let's say I wasn't a fan of the red strap, but at, with the black strap, I'm liking it a lot more. Because like I say the red strap kind of was a throwback to the old NWA television title days, which you know, and and kind of like to the N, NWA now with the national title. Mm-hmm. But, but like I say. But I can I can get on board with certain belts after a while. I can never get on board with that women's title. Like right now, as I'm sitting here, I'm kind I'm watching I'm doing the podcast. I'm watching AEW Dynamite, and you know I'm I'm just like you know what I'm gonna be heading out soon to you know see some friends, and I'm just like the one thing I'm looking to see is Britt Baker with the title around her waist because. I want to see how it looks because, really, in all honesty, what when the fact that the first champion the belt was too big for, 
Then the second champion, it was too small for. Then the third champion, it was like it was like Goldilocks. It fit just right on her Karushina. But um, I don't know. I don't. I can never get on board with that title. But regardless, we're spitting rhetoric. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Inside the Cage. I know we got a bit got off on a bit of a tangent, but you know <laughs> what? Hey, you know that that's how me and Jerome are. We get we get into discussions about things we don't even plan to discuss. All right. So we want to thank you all for listening to Inside the Cage. Jerome, drop the socials. You people know this by now, but for all you beautiful people out there that don't know, it's at J Span the Man everywhere. Instagram, Twitter. My Facebook I actually haven't linked up like that too. So anywhere, anywhere on social media, that's what you'll find me as. And then you can find me at T Campbell underscore ITC. And please remember to follow the Inside the Cage Instagram page where you get to see the acceptance speech of Mick Foley for the 2020 Inside the Cage Man of the Year. Come on, you know you want to see that. And that's inside with two eyes. You can Hey, you're and it at is the, the most Mick Foley speech ever. I loved every second of it. <laughs> up, and, and and mind you, mind you, okay, you can also look at this. Let's say, I want you to take a look now, okay? You see the logo. That's how you know it's the official Inside the Cage Instagram page. The same logo oh, on it. You say, you find us on Facebook, you see that logo. Yeah, Big Shanna. Shout outs to Shannon for doing the new logo. I say we had a new logo, had to bring out a new show. And I'm thinking, you know what? I want I want to do a special show here in the next couple of weeks. I'm gonna make some arrangements, see what I can do, see if we can get a special guest on Inside the Cage. But also, I'm thinking I want to bring bring a third person in on one of our shows, Jerome. I'm saying, Jerome, how about you and me invite our personal insider, the man who drops all the news to me as soon as it happens? I think we need to invite Debo onto the show. One hey, week. I'm down for it. All right. I will see Debo tonight. I will invite him. I will tell him in person that we want to have him inside the cage, just like we do with all of our fans. So, ladies and gentlemen, once again, Make sure that you follow us on social media. Make sure that you share this podcast. You can listen to it on Spotify. You can listen to it on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And please, ladies and gentlemen, make sure that you stay locked inside the cage. Who's this weirdo with the blue hair? That would be Aaron Solo. Yes, you get a little <laughs> special content. That's Aaron Solo, a.k.a. Bailey's ex-boyfriend. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, stay locked. In. So, ladies and gentlemen, stay locked inside the cage. 